Dr. Oppenheimer, or is it just Oppenheimer? Just Oppenheimer. It's just Oppenheimer. Want to run that again, or do you yeah. want me? <laughs> yeah. Sound, speeding, camera, rolling, scene 23, take 303, mark. Welcome to Take 303, powered by 4-Way Media, the podcast with the guy who knows a lot about film. And his friend. I'm Nick Molinari. I'm J.P. Brooks. Today we're talking film and television, and today we're talking about Oppenheimer and Dr. Strangelove. Two movies that uh, baffled my dad for why we paired them together. And it makes sense to you, right? Yeah, it's about dropping bombs on people. Yeah. Yeah, the atomic bomb. Yeah. But he couldn't understand it. He goes, one is a drama, one is a comedy. I'm like, that doesn't matter. It's about the bomb. Yeah, I mean, they have lots of horror movies about slashers. Some are scary and some are comedy, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't understand it. Yeah. But anyways, we're talking uh, Oppenheimer, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Killian Murphy, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, Florence Poof, uh, Josh Harnett, Casey Affleck, Rami Malek, and Kenneth Branagh. You said Josh Peck, right? He's on the immediate... Oh, well, he should be mentioned, Josh Peck, from Jake and Josh. I mean, there's movie. a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> there, there's there's a lot. few people that have not been yeah. mentioned, but that's that's what Wikipedia is showing me. That's true. Oppenheimer is about real-life Robert J. Oppenheimer. Dr. Robert J. Oppenheimer, a.k.a. dubbed the father of the atomic bomb, a theoretical physicist who was put in charge of the Manhattan Project in Los Alamos, New Mexico. And we follow his journey and his story from how he became a physicist all the way up until the atomic bomb is made and the repercussions afterwards. And that's what this movie is about. Um, I saw it in 70 millimeter. Uh, All the IMAX showings were like sold out. So I missed out on that. I got to see an IMAX today. Very nice. At the Alpine? Yeah. So initial first thoughts. It's a long movie. Long movie. It's three hours. I saw this opening day. You just came out of the theater, and this is uh, being this is about two weeks after it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Really dramatic. It is a drama. It's good. It's the kind of writing that I like. It establishes characters. It's paced pretty well. I thought, even if even though I say it's a long movie, the pacing is done very well. It does not feel like a three-hour movie. Yeah, you more just feel the physical strains of sitting in the same seat, and you know. You ran out of popcorn, and you're like, "Wow, I've really run out of popcorn." Oh man, I really have to go to the bathroom. So it is, it is well paced. I didn't, I didn't feel bored. Wasn't bored at all. And it does a really good job of really pulling you into this story. And Oppenheimer, the character, you really get a sense of who he is. What about you? Well, I told you, um, verbal masturbation is going to be the theme here. I loved it. I'm a Christopher Nolan fanboy, true and true. I've seen all of his movies at the time of this taping i haven't put out our christopher nolan post just yet but there is one in the drafts and i couldn't pick a top five so i just ranked all of his movies like he is an amazing filmmaker i think oppenheimer might be the one that like gets him a little bit more attention at the oscars only because i feel like the other ones deserved it more like what they did with leo yeah like how leo had to suffer through everything to get to the revenant it's a really great movie it's a really tense film. I, I wish we were able to film this earlier because I, I liken this movie to another film that is one of my all-time favorites, The Social Network. Mm. Because I've never seen it. Wow. I've heard a lot of good things, yeah. It's like top 10 for me. It is all dialogue. The whole movie is just dialogue, 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 and it's fast-paced. The first scene in the movie, it's probably about three or four minutes, but it's about 15 pages of dialogue. And yeah. It's written like a play almost. And that's what I feel like this is. Is that the famous trial where he's pretending to be as human as possible and like sips the water? Is that no, the that, same that's guy? A, that's a meme. That's <laughs> yeah. a different meme. <laughs> yeah, that's a different. All right. Yeah. 
Um, this is the original one when Facebook was first invented. Understood. Uh, yeah, Nick, I can already tell just by your first like run-in explanation, this is gonna be uh, an interesting episode. You've got like you know, keep the drool out of your mouth, like you know, keep above shots only. That's all I can say. Just like you know, I'll keep it PG. Yeah, keep it PG. Am I Christopher Nolan out? That's the question I have for you. It's what I expected from Christopher Nolan. It's like if you've seen all of Wes Anderson movies and then saw Asteroid City and you're like, yeah. 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 Granted, I don't know how you could be because it's still an excellent film. It's very good. I think objectively it's a good movie. I think subjectively uh, I was kind of meh. So what's not working for you? Though the pacing as well, I've, it doesn't. It, we, we don't need to be here this long. I like how they established Oppenheimer really well. And I get it. Like, if this is a three-hour movie, it's one hour of establishing who Oppenheimer is, one hour of him making the bomb, one hour of the aftermath. I think sometimes, like, with the side story with Robert Downey Jr. and sort of that, that feels sort of like a side piece, even though it's part of it. I just felt like it was too much. I know what the conflict is. And the thing is, it's crazy. This movie is about something. And I know where it's going to go. We know he's going to make the bomb. We know they're going to drop it on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We know all this, right? And yet there's still a lot of tension. It's amazing how a movie about something in real life where we know. Um, I was with Krista and she's like gripping me as the countdown is going down. Just to show how well Christopher Nolan really does this stuff. I like the trial part. I'm not sure I cared about all that other stuff, but I get it because it has to do with vengeance and like the revenge and the scientism we see. I, I see what he's doing. It all connects. Yeah. And my dad had the same thought as you. Uh, my dad loves reviewing movies that he's never seen before and calling them hot trash. Which is the best like way to review a movie. So the movie isn't just about the bomb. Yeah, it's the movie more. is about, obviously, Oppenheimer. It's part biopic uh, about his life and how that intertwines with the bomb. It also is about not only the aftermath, but the moral effects, the politics around all this. There were a few things that went over my head because I'm not a World War II buff. So like things like McCarthyism doesn't really read well to me but i can understand communism and i can understand uh some of the dialogue some of the scenes relate to things today i remember when i saw it it was a packed theater was it a packed theater for you for when i went decently packed yeah people were like gasping and and you know uh reacting to certain things that they they hear in the movie because it relates to today's uh problems with russia with communism all that kind of stuff and the themes represented still work everything you said is right i just think is it trying to do too much and i think it's like this movie's long i do because there are so many storylines wrapped in all of this right because i think i could i could easily say you know there's so much more surrounding this issue why didn't they touch on this why didn't they touch on that so sometimes i feel we lose a little bit of who oppenheim like Sometimes it's not about Oppenheimer. Like Robert Downey Jr. feels like the second protagonist or antihero or antagonist. I definitely got that vibe, second protagonist. So it's interesting to try to weave all this together. I think there are a lot of people and you're kind of forgetting like who these people are sometimes. You like you recognize the face, but like, hey, what do they have to do with all this? Mm -hmm. So they have to like do a lot of exposition at times. I don't know if I was expecting more because I try not to go in with expectations. And I haven't really listened to reviews on this. I think I saw one trailer about it while we were in the movie theaters because that's the only way I see trailers now. Is it when we, when we do go to the theater? So I guess what I expect from the trailer, what I expect from Christopher Nolan, I think I had some bias going into it. And I don't think it wowed me because it is, it seems like it's accurate. I'm not sure. It seems very accurate to real life. And sometimes real life can be very disappointing or very un, uh, anticlimactic at the end. I, I feel weird. I also just saw it and came to record. I didn't have time to chew. Um, so this is more of a raw take. You've obviously had time to chew. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I would have done a really bad job of reviewing this coming immediately after it because it is a 
three hours. It doesn't yeah. feel like three hours. Just so much information. If any, if I had to compare it to something, I would think like uh, Zodiac. You ever see that one? Yeah, I, I've seen Zodiac many times. That's a long movie. It's a great movie. But just think about the amount of information yeah. they bombard oh. you with in Zodiac. Interesting here with Oppenheimer. I think I was genuinely interested in the character enough. I think every debate class has always had, was it moral to drop the atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Was it moral to drop the second one? So we've all had those debates. So it reminded me a lot of that. This is a different perspective on it, obviously. I like the addition that um, there was also the fear of destroying the atmosphere. Yeah. That one bomb could destroy the entire world and what that must feel like being the person that's responsible for that. I think that really is what really heightens the tension because I don't think many people knew that or understand that that's even a possibility. No, yeah, I, I didn't. Definitely. I thought the entire like third act was going to be about like morality of, you know, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, not the entire world. You have a background in philosophy. I like philosophy a lot. So hearing these questions, I actually find um, uh, metaphysics way more interesting it was it was interesting to hear all these philosophical arguments be brought up again stuff i've heard before but now maybe people will think about it a little bit differently now i know you um delved deep into john wick chapter four with uh some of its scripture readings yeah did the stuff from prometheus and stuff uh read well with you yeah very appropriate um prometheus is a very awesome tale if you've never heard of it you should definitely go read it a lot of parallels here to uh oppenheimer's case and what he's going through um but it, it's always the great question and i think we're even looking at it now with ai and things like that man's creation what do we do with it when you give the power to do things and even destroy things what effects it can have uh as spider-man says you know with great power comes great that's part one i'll tell you the part two later for that one uh it's coming out at a future time that sentence so i will <laughs> i will tell you later I'll, i hope you don't feel disappointed i should have probably told you right any problems with this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta applaud you. That was probably the best. At I didn't know where you were going with it. Then I was like, oh my guy, always with the part ones of the part two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hope you don't feel gypped. Um, no, anyway. I. So I didn't find any major gripes with this, except for maybe I think again like that there were so many characters yeah. that I feel like some of them faded to the background. And then very minor gripe, I think the sound design of the last few Christopher Nolan movies, like with Tenant, especially um, parts of Interstellar and then parts of this where the dialogue is being overpowered by the, the background, which in this one, I can kind of be like a jerk about it and be like, oh, it's supposed to be like the bomb is supposed to be above, yeah. you know, different things like that. It's iconic, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but no, like some of it could have been uh, mixed a little bit better. I think other than that, I really don't have any major gripes. Who gives the best performance? Mm. Because this is a this is a script movie. This is a performance movie. Yeah, it's all character. Which, by the way, all the characters are done very well in this movie. Also Kate, special yeah. effects to a certain extent because yeah. uh, he didn't use CGI. Oh, that bomb was real. Yeah. How'd they do that? I'd... But not only the bomb, but the particles. Really? The things that you see. There were different ways that he made that uh, right. come to life. Nice. Well done, then. Because it looked awesome. Performances. Obviously, Killian Murphy as Doc, uh, Dr. J. Oppenheimer destroying it. Killian did. <coughs> Butchered that one. <laughs> uh, there we, here we are. Here we are. 2023. So 23 episodes. Yeah, that's it. We're here. Is this really 23? Yeah. I don't have any problems with anybody in this movie. This is, again... 
we're we're into a treat. Is there anybody you don't like in this movie? No. Again, yeah, I know we knocked like having a lot of people that's hard to keep track of. Um, also because, you know, if you're not up and up on World War Two, they say a name and something like that, you might not know who that person is. Yeah. Like I didn't know who Strauss was up until this movie. Certain characters fit into the background, but their performance and stick but there's so many that sometimes you just end up forgetting like what happened in that first hour. Emily Blunt as the wife. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, the lawyer, the prosecutor, and I would even say the defense lawyer, but definitely the prosecutor. Well, we talked about the Covenant. We talked about awards. What awards do you think this could potentially be nominated for? Oh, okay. For? <laughs> uh, I can see Killian Murphy winning Best Actor or Emily Blunt Supporting Actress. I see Robert Downey Jr. winning an award for this. What about Matt Damon? I think he's just Matt Damon for me, so it's hard to give him an award for being Matt Damon. <laughs> He's clooning it now. He's like, but I no, I I feel like he did a great job with his character. I really believed it was his character and wasn't Matt Damon. So I could I could see him getting a nod for sure, not a win though. Here's my question with direction: mm-hmm. How do you judge a movie on direction? It's not only about you know telling people what to do and where to do it, but also delegating that work, finding the right people, casting the right people, uh, getting the right chemistry to happen, getting every single aspect that goes on on a film set to work together together so it is very hard to judge direction but what i see is a film should get best director when it's a perfect kind of setup that every single thing works and nothing is lacking is directed with a vision directed with a certain style and it comes together all fluidly yeah it's making all those choices that become one massive thing that's a great thing i could see him getting a nod for sure the writing is good i would actually say probably the three hour edit is what kills me i'm going to say the opposite i think he's gonna get a nod for screenplay yeah but i'm gonna call a possible win for director really for this movie at least i'm i'm rooting for him favorite scene i dare i say the scene with casey affleck i just man he commanded the screen when he got in there and then obviously my just to give a little background on the scene yeah sure so casey affleck is playing basically investigator for the military right for the government yeah for the government and he's just doing investigation and he's and he has a sit down with oppenheimer who's trying to give them fake information to look good, right? Oppenheimer cares about how he looks to other people and all that. So he's giving this fake information out. Um, and Casey Affleck's character is grilling him hard. like, And just you can tell like he's not believing what Oppenheimer is saying. And he's kind of, Oppenheimer's clearly leading him on a goose chase. And he's acting, asking very direct questions. Um, and just something about that scene, it seems like that's the first time I'm not sure if I'm rooting for Oppenheimer anymore. Like, I'm kind of like, I kind of want to see Casey Affleck win. So that's why I really like that scene. And the other scene that really stuck out, I think, was uh, the last scene when everyone goes to shake his hand. The thing without, like, Einstein, that last, very, very Nolan ending. We see a character do something, and then at the end of the movie, they finally show us what they were talking about. That's very Nolan. I can think of Dark Knight and all the bat, like, some of the Batman movies. It felt very much like The Prestige. Yeah, obviously I've never been in a position to receive something that prestigious, but just a reminder like why people do things, they usually do it for themselves. Almost like validating, I realized this thing about somebody, so I'm going to give them this award, and now that award says because I gave it to him, I was right. It's crazy to think about, very nicely done, I really liked it. It reminded me, uh, that ending reminded me of the speech from Air a little bit. Yeah. So those two scenes, what about you? There were so many great scenes. I think I'm leaning towards Emily Blunt's uh, testimony. Oh, man. So good. What a good pick. Yeah. It's funny. In a a movie that came out with another movie that was 
boistering feminism. It seemed to come out more in this one scene. Dude, she was badass. Yeah. Standing up for herself, standing up for her husband, standing up for... While it's completely a flawed relationship, but yeah. still trying to make it work. Yeah, man. Kudos to her. She did a great job in that. It's crazy because I know it's scripted. doesn't feel scripted. It feels very legit. Yeah. It, it feels like she embodied the character. Honestly, uh, it's one of those things where I didn't realize it was Emily Blunt until a few scenes in. Yeah. I just want to highlight, do you remember the first frame of this movie? First frame of the movie? Yeah, like the first shot in the entire film it's black and white right it's no it's in color what is it it's the puddles oh he's staring at the water okay so there's a bunch there's there's a whole bunch of puddles on the floor there's rain droplets going in them and you see like the little oh. uh you know spreading outs of the water mm. and then the last shot same thing same thing but with the atmosphere what is yeah what is with a lot of these great movies doing the full circle thing, which is not... I love it. Yeah, I it's, like it too. It's, it's um, classic, like, uh, was it bookcasing? Uh, I forget the term for it. It's like uh, like shelving, bookshelving, or something like that. Yeah. I think it's one of those movies that you have to watch again to start picking up on all these little subtleties that are there because it's it's such a, a big movie. Yeah, and just because of timing in life, I was like, man, maybe I have to watch this at home, and I really don't want to because it's a Nolan, you know sound all that other stuff uh so i couldn't so i'm like all right i'm glad i had to go to the theater for it final thoughts and ratings yeah final thoughts and ratings because i think my mind is too jumbled and you love this movie <laughs> uh clearly so yeah we already know where i'm heading uh i'll go first this time yeah go for it i love this movie uh in my christopher nolan ranking that i'm going to release uh in a few days i put it in my top five of nolan films i do think it is a master class in terms of uh what you can do with a dialogue driven script and i think the performances are insane in this film i think seeing it on the big screen seeing all like the little details from their the intense close-ups to to the large frame uh, shots of the bomb and the particles of everything going on contrasting that with the morality the politics and everything else i think it's just a wonderful wonderful film uh right now it's standing as my top movie of the year i'm gonna give it a five out of five no surprises yeah i mean this is a five out of five like i knew when you had oppenheimer on the list i was like all right i guess we can do this one uh i didn't really care i was like yeah, it's gonna be a five from nick uh all right so that being said this movie uh, I think it's a good movie. It's hard to say if it's worth your time because it's a long one, but it probably is. I just don't think this movie was for me. I think if you're a historical person, you'll like it. It's a very character-driven story. I'm, I like Oppenheimer as a character, but at some points, I think it can be a little confusing. You can get a little lost, and then I'm saying that, and I've watched Tenet before. Uh, there's just something about it, and I can't put my finger on it. And maybe, I don't know what it is. Couldn't tell you. I'm hoping it's... Um, it sounds like overload for you. Yeah, I think I'm just overloaded, overwhelmed. Uh, what they chose to focus on was interesting. I think people. I think most people are going to like it. I'm assuming... I haven't checked the ratings, but I'm assuming everybody's gushing over this movie. You know, I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be a little tough on this. I'm giving it a three. A three? Yeah. Wow, that is, I, I had a guess of where it was going. A three was not my guess. Yeah, I cut down the movie a little bit, a lot of bit. And I think the last hour of the movie needs to be different. Like trimmed down? Trimmed down. I just feel like that whole court scene is just way too long. Since you gave Barbie and Oppenheimer both a three out of five, which is the better movie or which is the one that you're going to watch again? Barbie. 
and it's not even close. Uh, no, that's not true. It's I'm going to edit that out. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to have just a clip of you saying Oppenheimer somewhere else in the podcast yeah. and insert that in. <laughs> Which is the one that you're going to watch again? Oppenheimer. I think it could be a four. I just I think it, it, this is a raw take. I probably have a different opinion if I sat with it more. But as a raw take, I'm not. I don't think I'm as. There are a lot of things going for it. But I think ultimately I left a little dissatisfied. And we are going to do that episode um, towards the end of the year where we get to change our view. Yeah. If we if we see. Oh, fit. you can't give me that kind of power. I changed it. I changed it middle of the podcast. Okay, maybe I limit limit <laughs> yeah. you. Like you get three changes across the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just got to give you limits. All right. Yeah, three out of five for now. So this is a good time for a commercial break. Afterwards, we will be talking about Doctor Strange Love. This episode is also powered and sponsored by Putin's Password. That's right. Maybe you have been trying to hack into your ex-boyfriend, ex-lover's uh, computer or phone. Maybe you want to know the Wi-Fi password of your neighbors and are tired of paying for your own. Putin's Passwords is the easy solution to you. That's right. The Russian government has finally established an app and a service. They've been hacking elections for a long time. Now they'll be hacking your neighbors and loved ones to get you access to all the things you need. Maybe you're tired of guessing password exclamation point or password one, two, three. Putin's passwords does exactly what they need to do. First, they hacked and found out all the information they needed to make an atomic bomb. And now they're finding access and passwords to Donald Trump's Twitter account so that they can write and type whatever they want. Don't miss out on another opportunity today. Use the hashtag code Oppenheimer so you can get access to 20% off on the first three passwords you'd like to download. This ad is powered and sponsored by Fortway Media. If you have a special event, need some advertisement on social media for your TikTok or Instagram, consider using Fortway Media. They turn everyday life into a cinematic experience. Give them a call today or visit them at www.fortwaymedia.com to book. Make sure you don't miss another chance to make everyday life into a cinematic experience. And we're back with Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb great title written and directed by stanley kubrick it stars peter sellers george c scott sterling hayden kian Wynn, slim pickens and tracy reed dr strange love follows a general general ripper follows general ripper a man who has been taken off the edge has broken down and become a little crazy as he orders a bunch of planes to drop bombs into russia and when he gives the order, it is an irreversible order in case of emergency order, so the order cannot be stopped. So the United States and the government must find a way to reverse the orders in a crazy way. They have to it's just wild. I don't want to even say more than that. Basically, someone sets off says bombs are gonna be dropped, and they send an irreversible code for the most part. There's only one way to stop it, and it's coming from within the United States. It hasn't been sanctioned by anybody, and it's a wild ride. And it's funny. It's a great movie. So we were just talking during the break about paranoia. Yeah. Because uh, you, you mentioned, you know, what was Robert Downey Jr.'s part in this and why did we need that half? And it's like to build paranoia of the time that people were unsure who was communist, who wasn't, who was with America, who wasn't, will the bomb drop, who will it hit, that kind of thing. And that's what this film is satirizing. There's a whole warning in the beginning. It was like, this is not real. This is not what's happening. Because you gotta remember this came out in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah, what a what a funny movie. 
man, talk about dialogue. Dialogue was good in Oppenheimer. Dialogue is peak. Perfect. And Doctor Strange Love. So now we good. we talked also about uh Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, briefly. Uh have you seen one of his movies before cuz I know you don't know who he is particularly. I, you'd have to name a fa- what's his most famous movie? So 2001 uh, Space Odyssey. Oh, I tried watching that on a plane and I didn't finish it. But that's the It's probably the toughest movie of his to get through. Cuz it's so slow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a visual film. It's something that you need to see on a big screen and be engulfed in. Yeah, okay. Um, definitely an airplane. It's also very metaphysical. It's similar in a sense to like Solaris and Interstellar. I haven't seen Interstellar. I haven't seen Solaris. Just, okay. I just disappoint uh, you every time you mention a movie. I haven't seen it. That's just my face, my general <laughs> yeah. face. Um, uh, Clockwork Orange. I've seen that. Okay. Um, the Shining. Okay, so he really he, he makes some top quality films. Full Metal Jacket. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Initial thoughts, Nick, because I know you always say that. I'm going to say initial thoughts. Yeah, that's my catchphrase. That's your catchphrase? You want to say it? I have catchphrases, but no, you, you can take it this time. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm going to say initial thoughts, and then I'm going to answer. <laughs> so that's the difference. <laughs> so initial thoughts. Here's what I think. Uh, I didn't, at first, I almost didn't understand it was a parody or a comedy. Oh, because I, I didn't tell you what this was about. No, and I don't look up anything, because I don't care to look it up. I want to experience it. And within two minutes, I realized this movie is funny, awesome. And it's, it's. It's timeless humor. It's good humor. It's it's not stupid humor. It's all witty, like, sarcastic, ironic humor, which I really love. Just, like, how funny is it? A guy walking in and being like, yeah, we're dropping 20 bombs. Yeah, that's correct, sir. <laughs> like, just very just nonchalant. Just like, now we're screwed. No, that's what you put in order. Yeah, that's what we're doing. So I love that style comedy. So I love this movie. Yeah. Like, even just, like, can you check the code again? multiple zooms ins yeah on the same exact code back and forth back and forth back and forth yeah. and it's like yeah that translates well over time you get it the movie's trying to be funny and it hits it knows what it's trying to be oh man i'm just i really i'm really glad i got to watch this movie because i obviously not for this podcast like many of these other movies don't think i ever would have watched it did you watch it with krista i did what did she think of it we were both laughing great yeah um what about you nick what, what tell me some things about this movie that you liked well i'm a cubic fan yeah and uh, like 18 of his 20 <laughs> movies so yeah uh out of all of his films it's the shortest one it's also the only comedy the cinematography is just so gorgeous um and can never not laugh hysterically out loud the entire time he's on the phone oh my god <laughs> yes i'm glad you said it i'm so glad because i'll skip ahead to favorite scene that is my favorite scene <laughs> in the movie every single time i know when it's coming up i yeah. know is like Dimitri, uh, no, this is a friendly call. <laughs> of course. I wouldn't be calling just to tell you bad news. This is a very cordial call. Uh, so good. And I was just like in awe the first time I saw it because when you realize that Peter Sellers is playing three different roles. What do you mean? So the guy that plays uh, Mandrake, the one uh, in the office that's second the in The British command. guy? uh yes okay he is the same actor that plays dr strange love he is also the same actor that plays the president no way those are all the same people yeah that's one so guy he's, do- he's doing a british accent he's doing an american accent and he's doing a german accent wow well done also if you you know think about it the america the the american president and dr strange love are in the same room at the same time yeah wow that's awesome yeah. Well, I had no idea any of those characters. Wow. And the thing was, that was actually part of the production contract 
Interesting. So obviously you know where favorite actor is heading towards yeah, Peter yeah, Sellers. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it would have been hysterical if I didn't tell you that. And I was like, who's your favorite character? Who's your favorite actor? And you're like, I like this one person. And you realize it's three. Well, then the other, the only other mention is the general has to give him the news. Because that delivery is just... He's just an ass the whole movie. <laughs> fighting with the Russian ambassador. Just like, yes, honey. I told you you can't call me when I'm here. You're like, of course you mean something to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. It's more than that. I, I love... Uh, one his delivery of like yeah it's impossible to, to, to knock this out because of uh, all the things that you uh, approved of but then also later on saying this presents an opportunity yeah. to destroy them it's so <laughs> it's over the top um, I know it's satire but um, while I was rewatching it I thought the best word for it is absurdist humor yeah. where it goes so far over the top that it's like it's just crazy and there's so many like little things in the background. Also, I don't know if you noticed at the army base, uh, some of the signs say that we are here for peace. Peace, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like our our purpose is peace. That's yeah. what it was. Very good. Yeah, I, I love. Yeah, absurd is definitely up my alley. So like the idea that a general is explaining to the president of the United States in 20 minutes that Russia is gonna going to explode, and at the same time he's like, "Honey, please." I'm at work. So we know we know what works. Is there anything that doesn't work in this movie? Nah. Um, Mandrake feels a little... He feel, He's there, I think, to be us. Mm-hmm. So that we have some reason to be with Ripper. Otherwise, he really kind of doesn't matter. He's just comic relief. The pacing at the ending, I feel like part... It's, it's weird to say that we don't care about the bomb. And ironic that the title is about how I stopped worrying about the bomb and started to love the bomb. <laughs> no, I did. I love yeah. that. This is, yeah, it's great. Because um, I feel like if the ending was just a little bit faster mm. and just get to that, that drop, it would have been great. Um, so I think that's my only gripe about this movie. Yeah, because you would think the bomb is everything. And it's not. It's people's reactions to the bomb that is everything about this movie. It's how everybody is dealing with the situation, uh, which is great. Ironically, it just made me think of, that's what Asteroid City is really all about. It's not the alien coming to visit. It's everybody's reaction to the alien visiting, which people being people is always at the end of the day really funny. Even though in this movie it's you know super exaggerated and people are playing characters, it doesn't matter. Like I think you've maybe been there when like chris is trying to have a serious conversation with me and i'm just stuck on one thing and i just won't let it go and it's just funny to watch me just like a constant callback like i said i like repeating jokes so like his himself repeating just that he has one goal and anything he'll do it doesn't matter what it is even if it's taking the russian russian ambassador and tackling him into like hors d'oeuvres and food just to get his point across like can I trust this fucking guy <laughs> while he's right there <laughs> yeah like right to his face it's so good um uh, this movie was nominated for best picture director screenplay and actor which one do you think it won i should have won all of them it won none of them what yeah it was just nominated for all those it didn't win any of it what did it lose to lost to my fair lady what the hell is my fair lady it's a musical but that's the 60s. Musicals are big. Yeah. And it lost screenplay to uh, Beckett. Bro, I've never even heard of Beckett once in my life. It's a hor- historical drama about Henry II. 
and Thomas Beckett. Why doesn't comedy get respected, Nick? Because nobody likes to give the awards to the jester. Preach, brother. I feel that one. Very difficult to get on stage and make people laugh. So final thoughts and ratings? I have one question for you. Sure. Modern day classic that comes close to the screenplay and writing of Dr. Strangelove. Um, I think something like The Big Short. Big Short. You know what I was actually thinking of? Maybe I'm crazy for saying this. I actually, like, it reminds me of The Hangover a little bit. The quirky characters, mm-hmm. the weird situation. Obviously, it's not bomb-inducing, but just the way they talk to people. Like, it's very, like... Absurd. Absurd and quick-paced. Yeah. Like, out-of-pocket. Yeah. I see. Like, the way he talks to, uh... Yeah, just the way they talk to people. I guess I was going more for, like, the satire route. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking more, yeah. Satire route, just the comedy route of just, like, just the way they talk to people. Final thoughts and ratings? Final thoughts and ratings, Nick. You want to go first this time? Yeah, I'll knock it out. It's a five out of five, and it's not even close. Uh, Sometimes you watch old movies, and you're like, okay, it gets it because it's an old movie, and it did it first. Sometimes you watch movies, and they're old, and it doesn't even matter. I could watch Young Frankenstein, like, any any point, any day of the week. Same thing goes with uh, Doctor Strangelove. I think I'll be watching this movie again. I loved it. It did everything that's supposed to be right with comedy. Absurd. Ridiculous. And you know what? Man. Well done. I'm just so... Sometimes you leave a movie and you're like, why did I watch that? I don't know what I just watched. I know exactly what I watched and I loved it. Five out of five. Doctor Strangelove. Bam. And I'm going to be right there with you. I feel like I'm a basic bitch today, but it's five out of five. I think another thing that I forgot to bring up earlier was I feel like this also set the framework for a lot of comedies, for a lot of uh, not necessarily slapstick, but satire, parody, all those kinds of movies. I feel like this is what set the bar for it and set the pace for those films. So I think the acting is hysterical, especially from Peter Sellers. Cinematography looks amazing. The edits are so sharp, and I didn't realize, uh, I mean, I've probably noticed it a few times, but I keep forgetting that a lot of these scenes are shot at long shots. Very. They they rarely cut. It's incredible. So five out of five. It looks excellent, considering how old the movie is. That's the first thing I thought. Oh, thanks for letting me watch this. Good pick. You can thank Eddie. That was his pick. That was Eddie's pick? Yeah. Well done, Eddie. Shout out. Shout out to Eddie. Put his picture Man. up for everybody so we can uh, we can thank him properly. Insert silhouette. Silhouette. This has been an episode of Take 303. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed, make sure to leave a rating and drop a follow. If you know somebody who might enjoy this podcast, let them know. Tell them to take a listen. We always enjoy having new listeners. This week's poll question of the week is, what is your favorite Killian Murphy movie? Uh, mine has to be... Obviously, in time uh, as the bad guy, even though it's a very bad movie. Uh, it might be a couple. I have to go back. Twenty-eight think days it. later, my guy. Twenty-eight days later. Oh, zombie! You're right, Nick. As always, changing my mind as soon as I open my mouth. Today, uh, this week's question of the week is: What is your favorite biopic film? A film that tackles a real life uh, moment in history or a historical person and really gets an in-depth look at who that person is and who they are and the events surrounding their lives.